today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You're telling me that there's going to be this event and all of a sudden all of these Christians are going to just disappear. I'm not telling you that. God says that's what's going to happen. Come on. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. I know. But God said it. So it's going to happen. But that's preposterous. I know. But God said it. So it's going to happen. Do you remember your parents using the phrase, we'll see, in answer to your questions? In today's teaching, Pastor J.D. explains how trust is really what is being communicated there. Well, God frequently gives promises that seem impossible. But as we'll learn today, when God says it, it's a guarantee. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Isaiah chapter 13 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Read Romans chapter 1. Not before you go to sleep. (laughs) Do it first thing in the morning, early when you rise up and seek Him. It's tough stuff, man. Because God declares that there is coming a point when He will give them over And when God just says, okay, have it your way. (laughs) Sorry, that was a flashback. I'm back with you now. No, I'm not going to force myself on you. The Spirit of God is not going to strive with man forever. You know, you've continued to reject me, reject me, reject me. You've already made up your mind. You've already hardened your heart. When God when it says God hardened Pharaoh's heart, what that means is God just gave him over to his already hardened heart and said, okay, that's your final decision. He's just giving them over. Same thing with those in Romans chapter 1 that burn with lust one for another, male for male, female for female, and God just gives them over because they've already made up their minds. They've already sealed their fate. They've already hardened their heart. You know when you uh, get callous on your hands and it numbs it. It doesn't, you don't feel it. Why? Because of the constant rubbing hardens it. And then it's like the, the conscience becomes seared as with a hot iron. You just no longer feel it anymore because it's hardened. It's calloused. And that's what God is saying. Verse 12. Actually, I, I didn't miss anything here, did I? Oh, yeah, there is one, one thing here real quick. This is, again, another mention of the dual nature of this prophecy, because this speaks to literal Babylon. We know it today as modern day, in modern day Iraq, about maybe 50 miles or so ish, heavy on the ish, from the capital of Baghdad. You can visit the ancient city of Babylon. So the first part of this prophecy is dealing with ancient Babylon, 
But then when you get to the book of Revelation, you're dealing with the world system that is called Babylon. Okay, verse 12, I will make a mortal more rare than fine gold, a man more than the golden wedge of Ophir. Therefore, verse 13, I will shake the heavens, and the earth will move out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts, and in the day of his fierce anger. It shall be as the hunted gazelle, and as a sheep that no man takes up. Every man will turn to his own people, and everyone will flee to his own land. Everyone, verse 15, who is found will be thrust through, and everyone who is captured will fall by the sword. Their children also, I know this is hard, verse 16, will be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses will be plundered and their wives ravished. Behold, now this is interesting, verse 17, I will stir up the meats against them, who will not regard silver, and as for gold they will not delight in it. What? Who? The meats. The meats? Are you kidding me? You're gonna, it's gonna be the Medes who are gonna come against Babylon? Are you sure you got that right? Yeah, what's your problem? Oh, the Medes at this time were merely a tribe of nomads. They were nobodies. They were nothing. This is why it is that skeptics and even again antagonists that are so anti-God will try to argue that there had, this had to be written by a second Isaiah, because there's just no way. You have to understand that this prophecy concerning the Medes and the Persians who would ally together and come against Babylon, exactly as Isaiah prophesied, it would happen two years, approximately 200 years later when this would happen. Now, can you imagine? I'm going somewhere with this, so again, stay with me. Can you imagine this prophecy gets declared? And not, by the way, this is not declared to Babylon. This is declared to Judah and Israel about Babylon. That's important to understand that distinction. And, uh, and understand that what God is saying to His people is, this is what I'm going to do to your enemies. All the surrounding nations, I am going to judge them. This is not to them. It's not a warning to them. It's not like Jonah to Nineveh. No, there's no warning. It's, it's already a done deal. It will happen. And he's telling this to his people to encourage their heavy, burdened, weary hearts. It will happen. And it did happen. God said it, and that settled it. But this would have been preposterous. This would have been absurd. <laughs> Isaiah, with all due respect, I know you're a prophet, 
sent from God with a prophecy concerning Babylon. But the Medes, really? Are you sure you heard that right? Yeah, it's the Medes. But God, He said it, and it happened. It happened. Now here's where I'm going with it. We have how many prophecies that on their face would seem as absurd and preposterous as this one to them then, to us now. <laughs> well, let's just take the rapture, for example. Why not? This, it's a prophecy that will happen. There will be a rapture. When the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise first, and we who are alive and remain will be caught up and be forever with the Lord, together with the Lord. That is a prophecy, and it will happen. Now, how preposterous is that? Well, think about it. On its face, you look at that, and okay, you're telling me, oh, come on, come on. You're, you're telling me that there's going to be this event, and all of a sudden, all of these Christians are going to just disappear. I'm not telling you that. God says that's what's going to happen. Come on, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. I know, but God said it, so it's going to happen. But that's preposterous. I know, but God said it, so it's going to happen. Forget it. I mean, we know it has to happen before the seven-year tribulation. Stop arguing about that, by the way. I'm not, not you. I'm not, <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> Stop arguing about that. It's going to happen. How about that? What about that? It's going to happen. Because God said it was going to happen. I know it sounds just, oh, let's, as in the days of Noah, one more thing, and then we'll, we'll move on. I'm having way too much fun with this. <laughs> Think about Noah. He's building an ark. What's the prophecy? Oh, God's going to judge the world. <laughs> okay, I could just picture the Noah jokes of that day. How many Noahs does it take to change a light bulb? You know, those kind of jokes, right? He was the laughing stock of the town, right? What are you building, Noah? It's an ark. What's an ark? It's a boat. A big one, by the way. <laughs> What's a boat? Oh, it's this thing that floats in water, because it's going to be a flood. What's a flood? Oh, it's what happens when it's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights, and the whole earth is going to be flooded. What's rain? No. Think about it. They'd never seen it before. This was absurd. It was absurd until it happened. It happened. You know why it happened? <laughs> you know the answer, right? Because God said it would happen. Yeah, but that's preposterous. It's absurd. It's crazy. I know. But God said it, and it happened just exactly as God said it would. Yeah, but the Medes, come on. Yeah, I know. 
But it happened. Listen, I don't care how crazy it sounds. If God said it, it's going to happen. And God said it, and it's going to happen. Okay. Again, I had way too much fun with that. Verse 18, I have to, because this, this is not, are you having fun with this? <laughs> also their bows will dash the young men to pieces, and they will have no pity on the fruit of the womb. Their eye will not spare children. And verse 19, Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldeans' pride, will be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, well, we have a reference here. You mean it's going to be like that? Because, whoa, when God judged Sodom and Gomorrah, that was pretty thorough. I mean, the sulfur, <laughs> the fire and the brimstone. Oh, by the way, again, parenthetically, just indulge me. No fire, no brimstone, no judgment could come down until Lot was taken out. A picture of the church. No judgment can come until the church is taken out. It is quite detailed in the narrative because when the angels were sent into Sodom and Gomorrah to get Lot and his family out, there was an urgency. Now, now, they in fact grabbed him by the hands to take him out, because no judgment could come until it happened. But judgment came, and Sodom and Gomorrah was completely destroyed. <laughs> you know why? Again, you know the answer. Deeply profound, right? Because God said it would. So this is a reference. This is what's going to happen with Babylon. Verse 20, it will never be inhabited, nor will it be settled from generation to generation, nor will the Arabian pitch tents there, nor will the shepherds make their sheep folds there. That's pretty thorough. That's pretty descriptive. Now again, you can go visit the ruins of Babylon today. Saddam Hussein did have this project to rebuild Babylon. He fancied himself as the reincarnation of one Nebuchadnezzar. And there was this effort to rebuild Babylon, but it's not inhabited. People don't live there. Certainly no tents pitched there. Verse 21, and we'll bring it to a, an end. But wild beasts of the desert will lie there, and their houses will be full of owls. Ostriches will dwell there, and wild goats will caper there. The hyenas will howl in their citadels, and jackals in their pleasant palaces. And I want you to pay particular attention to this last part, of this last verse in this chapter. Her time is near to come, and her days will not be prolonged. Ah, I needed to hear that. Let me explain. As I mentioned at the beginning, it is so easy in this world today, with everything that's happening, to just be so discouraged 
and downcast and weary concerning all of the evil. And I need to hear that the time is near to come and the days will not be prolonged. Because if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, here's the question we're asking of the Lord, inquiring of the Lord, and crying out to the Lord. How long? How much longer, Lord? How much longer? I find myself, again, I'm just being very candid with you. There are times in my time with the Lord where I'm just not like the Lord needs my help, but again, I I try to help the Lord out. Lord, uh, you know, you see what, you know, we call them directional prayers. You know what those are? That's when you pray and you give God directions on how and when to answer the prayer. So Lord, you see what's going on, right? (laughs) Okay, I'm all seeing. You know what's happening, right? I'm I'm all knowing. Um, uh, How much longer can, it's really getting bad, I know. So, Lord, I mean, now would be a good time. (laughs) Uh, How much longer? Oh, it won't be prolonged. How much longer? Yeah, but Lord, I mean, how much more time? Because I don't know. (laughs) It's getting pretty bad. (laughs) I mean, oh, it's... The time is near to come. Yeah, but Lord, how much, how much long? How long, Lord? Not long. Just wait. You'll see. This, when our children were young, that was one of my favorite ones, you know, the answer. I mean, I'll never forget my daughter when she was really young, and she would ask me a question about, something. And I, and my answer would be, and this is, this is on page one of parenting, right? The answer is, we'll see. Oh, that's, that's my favorite one. It's yours too, right? We'll see. Totally, you get out of it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You haven't committed. I, I am neither confirming nor denying. We'll see, <laughs> right? So she asked me in that sweet innocence, Baba, what does we'll see mean? <laughs> well, daughter, it means I'm not going to tell you yes or no, and I'm not going to answer your question. You just have to trust me. Just wait. You'll see. I don't want to wait. <laughs> I want to see. I don't want to wait. No, you have to wait. You'll see. Just wait. Yeah, but how much longer am I going to wait? Yeah, it won't be long. You'll see. Yeah, but I, don't, I mean, you see what I... Is it just me? I mean, again, I know they have clinical terms for this condition. But this settles me. Does it settle you? (laughs) The time is near to come. The days will not be prolonged. Again, the reason I mentioned 2 Peter, I want to say chapter 3, my my mind is tired. But... um, the Apostle Peter, by the Holy Spirit, says, the Lord is not slow. And he said it just like that too, by the way, in keeping His promise as some consider slowness. 
In other words, you, th- you think that, man, this is just dragging on and on and on. It's taking so long, and Lord, how long? And Lord, it's, well, to you, it's 1,000 years. But do you know what 1,000 years is to me? One day. Think about that. And there is some typology and and prophecy in that, and that's another topic for another time. But if a day is to the Lord like a thousand years is to us, think about this. Try to wrap your mind around this, and we'll close with this. So it's only been six days, approximately, since God created Adam. And here we are going, Lord, how much longer? Listen, it's been six days. What's your problem? You think I'm, this is slow? That's pretty quick if you ask me. Six days. It's not literal, but you get the point, right? It puts it into perspective. Because God does not dwell in time. He dwells outside of time in eternity. He created time. And he knows the end from the beginning. And it's almost like God saying, you know, you're going to have to trust me on this. I said it, and it will happen. And to you it might seem like I'm taking my own sweet time, but I'm not. Because to you it's, (laughs) it seems like a thousand years, you know, but it's only been one day. Just wait. You'll see. I will do it. It will come. It will not be prolonged. The time is near to come. Just wait. You'll see. I love God's Word because it's God's Word. This is God's Word to us. God has given us His Word, and God can't break His Word. You know when we say, oh, I'll give you my Word. You gave me your Word. When God gives us His Word, that's His Word. He can never break His Word. This is God's promise, God's Word. It will come to pass. God said it. God promised us, and God gave us His Word, and it will happen. And be encouraged. (laughs) Not much longer. Just wait. You'll see. Let's pray. (laughs) Father, thank You so much. Lord, I just, I think of the many, like myself, that have been burdened and heavy laden and weary and battle weary. And Lord, it's times like this and places in your word like this where we can just hear you, as you said then, say to us now, just in that still small voice of the Holy Spirit, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and heavy laden. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. Come to me, and I will give you rest for your soul. Oh, Lord, we need to be settled and rest this and rest in you for this. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. We hope you continue to be encouraged as you learn some good things from the book of Isaiah. Did you realize that there are 39 chapters in Isaiah that address judgment and 27 chapters that point to God's salvation? How fascinating that this book relates to 39 books of the Old Testament, much about judgment of sin, and 27 books of the New Testament, pointing to Jesus as God's salvation for the world. Isaiah is yet another example of how God interweaves the old with the new, and how prophecies from old point to fulfillment of that later. Are you seeing the connections that God has written into these pages of Isaiah? If you're wanting to hear this message again or more like it, you can find them at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can learn more about the church this ministry is supported by, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. If you're not already plugged into a local church, we invite you to be part of our church family. If you're in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love for you to come visit us on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. We're so glad you tuned in today to learn from the book of Isaiah. We look forward to the next edition with Pastor J.D. and the things that God has put on his heart to share from this prophetic book. Thanks again for listening today to In Spirit and Truth. Holy.